Hi, welcome to the Fast Life with Diabetes podcast. My name is Lucy Fisher. On this podcast, we'll discuss everything related to intermittent fasting and type 1 and type 2 diabetes. We'll share tips and tricks and we'll reveal some of the challenges that we've all faced as we go through this journey. We'll also have some fascinating guests that will share their stories. Thanks so much for joining. It's going to be a great show. Also, before we get started, I just want to remind you that I am not a doctor. Before beginning an intermittent fasting protocol or making changes to your medication, I highly recommend that you speak to your doctor. Hi everyone, thanks for joining today. Today we have on Jody Buchanan, and Jody lives in the Midwest. She's just about to turn 50 years old, and Jody has been dealing with diabetes in some form since 2007. At that time, she had gestational diabetes on and off, and then after her pregnancies, she was put on metformin with the thought that maybe she had type 2 diabetes. Then in 2014, she was taken off the metformin and put on insulin and diagnosed with type 1 LADA. So she's been dealing with type 1 since that time. She found fasting through some colleagues at work. She's been fasting for some time now and began to get really serious about it in January of 2022. And she has lost at this point 55 pounds. Her starting weight was 240. She uses fasting to help her control her blood sugars and is also still trying to lose weight. She's got a really interesting story just from the trajectory of her diabetes and how she manages now to just all of the other things that she's had going on in her life. She's not only had diabetes, but she also has thyroid issues. So she's had quite a bit to, to contend with as she's gone through her fasting journey, and she provides a lot of good information as to, to how she deals with these things. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Jody. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Hi, Lucy. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to speaking to you. Before we get going, do you want to just give us a quick intro? Yeah, sure. Like you said, my name is Jody. I live in the Midwest. I am approaching the big 5 I have been diabetic since 2007. And we have six kiddos, five, five boys and one girl, youngest is 10. And I actually went back to grad school when COVID started. So I'm a, a nurse by trade, um, kind of working off and on. I'm not working now, but yeah. So that's where we're at. Wow. So you, so you were diagnosed later in life. You were not diagnosed as a child. Right. I, um, I, I was, I think 34. I actually started out as a gestational diabetic in pregnancy. I had had, um, three term pregnancy, everything went fine. Then I had a couple of miscarriages and then on our sixth pregnancy, um, everything was going great. And I started having some symptoms and, you know, being a nurse, I was like, Hmm, this kind of sounds like, you know, gestational diabetes. And, um, I went in for the blood sugar test that they do and it was crazy high. And I, I knew right away when I took the test that it was going to be positive. And, um, anyway, went through that pregnancy, everything went fine. And, the doctor told me, you know, it'll probably go away and you'll be fine. You may have some risk for it to come back. And it did. It went away for about six months. And then that following February, I caught the flu and um, 
I, I don't know, a couple of days into the flu, I started having those same symptoms again, got my blood sugar meter out, checked it. And I was like 300 and something. So, um, but at that point they automatically diagnosed me as type two and I didn't really think anything about it. Um, I can talk about it more later, but, um, I, I, yeah, I started being treated as a type two, but I didn't really fit the mold. I didn't think so. I was kind of different that way. So did they have you on metformin or something like that? And then it just didn't work. Yeah. I immediately, um, I was on insulin while I was pregnant with the gestational and then went off of it right away. And then as soon as I went in and they found out, you know, that I was sky high on my blood sugar, they put me on metformin and it worked really well. It took a little while before it kicked in. Um, but yeah, it worked really well, but I just, I just didn't fit the mold and it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. I didn't have any family history. I didn't have any, you know, other risk factors other than I was a little bit overweight, but I had just had a baby. Yeah. So, yeah. And I wonder too, if the metformin maybe have worked because you were honeymooning a little bit potentially. I, that's what I, I really do think. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that can get confusing. A friend of mine also got diabetes later in life and she, they, they thought she had type two and they put her on metformin, but it, she was actually honeymooning. And so everybody got confused because it seemed to be working, but then, you know, her pancreas slowly just stopped working. Yeah. Yeah. And my big thing too, was I have a lot of autoimmune diseases on my mom's side of the family. And I was actually diagnosed with Hashimoto's when I was like 24. That was my first one. And so yeah, that, that just always kind of was lingering in the back of my mind. And then of course, after the diabetes, several years later, I was diagnosed with another autoimmune disease. And about that same time, then they finally checked my pancreas, found out it wasn't working at all and figured out the LADA that it was a type one and I was insulin dependent. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. What a story. Yeah. Is, do, you, do you have type one in your family or just other autoimmune no, issues. there's no, there's no diabetes at all on, okay. on my family or in my family on either side. So yeah, not at all, but the autoimmune is very, very heavy. So yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're like me, you're the lucky one. Nobody in my family has it either. I'm like, why me? But, yes. <laughs> but that's how it goes sometimes, I guess. Yeah. 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 So you were on metformin for a little while. How long were you on metformin before they they figured out that you need to be on insulin. Um, it was probably, gosh, oh, it was probably at least five, seven years, maybe somewhere in there. And I kind of would flip flop back and forth because each time that I would get pregnant, I would go back on insulin. Uh -huh. Um, and then after the pregnancy, then I would go back on my, you know, go back to insulin or, I mean, sorry, go back to metformin. So I was kind of back and forth and back and forth. Um, but after our last child in 2012, I was, you know, back on metformin for good, but it was probably, I don't know, a year, maybe two at most after she was born. So probably about 2014, somewhere in there that, um, the metformin quit working. It just, it wasn't, it wasn't working at all the way it was before. And I was exercising and, you know, trying to do everything you're supposed to do. And it just wasn't cutting it. And so finally they checked my pancreas. It wasn't producing any insulin at all and, um, checked the, um, antibodies mm -hmm. and decided, no, it was the type one LADA. So that must've been a really stressful time because you were 
on and off pregnant and then dealing with blood sugar issues and metformin working and not working. Oh my God. That must've been yeah, a lot yeah. to deal with. It was, re- it's still, it's really frustrating. I, I don't think people that, that don't have a chronic disease, I don't think they understand how frustrating it is. And yeah, it's, it was really, it's still really frustrating. So, yeah. So yeah. you got on insulin and then did you right away, are you on a pump? Are you on injections or? Um, initially I was on just the, the pin injections mm-hmm. and those worked fairly well. Um, I, my personality is I am very one way or the other. So I'm going to either be super strict or I'm not. <laughs> and so back then I was super strict. And so I, I could keep them in range fairly well. Um, if, if they went high, I was automatically going for a walk or, you know, trying to get exercise to, to kick in and, and get it down, which it usually would. Um, but then about probably five years ago, uh, I was at work actually. And my doctor had been pushing me to try the CGM and the pump. And I just didn't want to do it. I didn't want anything attached to me. And I know that's a common, common thing. Oh yeah. Um, but I was at work one day and I, I worked night shift, which of course did not help my blood sugars at all. But, um, I was in a patient's room and immediately I just started feeling off. I just felt like I was going to pass out. I, I just knew something was wrong and I had just checked my blood sugar. Um, probably, I don't know, maybe a half hour before that. And I had taken my long acting insulin. This was probably about 1030 or so at night. And anyway, I, I knew something was wrong. So I got out of that room and I went to the, um, oh, like the little snack station thing and checked it again. And I was in like the thirties, um, for my pleasure. And I had never been that low ever. And so I was pretty scared and freaked out. And so I kind of very carefully nimbly walked my way back up to the nurse's station and sat down and, um, yeah, started to treat it and, you know, try to get it back up. But after that point, I, I was like, okay, I'm ready for the, the CGM, which I got that first. I had that for probably, I don't know, maybe six months to a year. And, um, I learned a lot from the CGM. And, um, then I went on the pump just to try to get it because unfortunately my blood sugars, um, will just, they, they're such a wide range. I can be anywhere from in the forties to in the three hundreds in the same day. Oh yeah. That, yeah, yeah. that happens. I mean, that happens to a lot of us as type ones. It just (laughs) depends on the day happened to me yesterday, you know? Yeah. And there's no, what drives me crazy is, um, the most is that there's just no rhyme or reason to it. You think, you know, you think you're going to have this type of day and then just all of a sudden you're way up here, or, you know, super low. Yeah. I mean, and you can try to replicate one day to the next in terms of your eating and your stress and your exercise, and you will have completely different outcomes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. frustrating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I had a guest on and she, she's type one. And she said, there's 42 different variables that affect your blood sugar. I'm sure that there might even be more than that, but that sounds I about would right. Believe it. Yeah. I would believe it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So, so you got on the CGM and then you got, which pump are you on? I have the Omnipod and the Dexcom. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are you, uh, are you looping or are you just using, are you just doing it manually? It's all pump? manual. My, okay. I just saw my doctor earlier this week and, um, the, the nurse practitioner would really like me to update my pump. And I think it is like the loop where it automatically controls it, but I don't really want to do that. I'm still resisting it. I, I have a feeling my pump is pretty old, so I'm, I'm sure I'll probably end up on it eventually, but as for now, I, I'm just doing it manually. Yeah. Yeah. So. Omnipod five just came out, which is Omnipod's answer to like the tandem control IQ or the Medtronic 770G or whatever the other algorithms on the market. I use loop with Omnipod. I love it. I, if I were you, I'd give it a try. And if you don't like it, you could always take it out of the automatic mode and just use it like you've been using it. But there's a little bit of like a learning curve associated with it, but yeah. to be able to sleep through the night and just have a straight line with your blood sugar. I mean, it's worth it. Just that alone. Even if you just use it overnight, it's worth it. Yes. I, that's, that's the one thing that kind of makes me lean towards it just because I've heard you talk about it, the constant beeping. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what, yeah. Mm -hmm. That would be great. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I never thought it was possible that you could just sleep through a night and have your blood sugar be stable at whatever, you know, I don't know what they set it at because the FDA has certain limitations on how low they can actually let you go to like with a loop, you can set it. If I want to be at 60 all night long, I can get 60 all night long. I wouldn't want to do that, but you could, you could, I think I keep it yeah. between 80 and 95 all night long. And that's pretty much where I stay. And that's, uh, you know, <laughs> I never see those blood sugars during the day that's stable, but overnight, at least you can sleep. <laughs> So you're on Omnipod with the Dexcom CGM and what insulin are you using? It's all Novolog. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. I'm, I actually, I actually just switched to, well, I use Fiesta in my pump and then I just started on a Freza for my meal time. I don't know if you've heard of it, the inhaled insulin. No, no, yeah. I, I've heard of it, but I've, I've not used it before. Yeah. Your episode will come out after the Afreza episode airs, which will be on May 18th, but it's fantastic. Afreza just hits your system right away. You don't have to pre-bolus. So wow. you just inhale it just like a inhaler or, you know, if you're vaping or something, it's like that. And it, the second it, you inhale it, it hits your system. So it's immediate and it's in and out in one hour. It's like, it's game changing. I love it. Wow. So look into that. Check yeah, it out. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Not many people know about it and not a lot of doctors prescribe it, but it's, it's been, I, I always try to be like on the cutting edge of everything diabetes. Cause I'm, you know, I just, yes. the less I have to interfere with it, the better in my opinion. So yes, yes. Yeah. And I feel like, um, it took me a while. Um, just because with me being a nurse, I, I had it kind of ingrained in my head that, you know, the doctors know, they, they know better than you. Right. Um, but the older I've gotten and especially with the diabetes, I've figured out that no, no, they don't. <laughs> I mean, they're great, but I mean, in the end, you know, how your body reacts to things and people are so different that, you know, there are some diabetics that can eat rice and, um, uh, cereal even, mm -hmm. and be just fine. Me? No. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's doctors, body is different. Yeah. And the doctors don't necessarily know that they, they know what the dietitians say and you know, that kind of thing that, 
you know, you should eat X, Y, Z, but in reality, some people can, and some people can't. <laughs> so, yeah, it's so mm-hmm. true. It's such mm-hmm. an individual disease. And, and, you know, exactly like when you eat X number of carbs, how many units you should take and then, all right, then don't exercise for an hour after, because this is what's going to happen where somebody else could have a completely different outcome. And there's no way that an endocrinologist could possibly get yeah. to that level of detail. Yeah. Hmm. No. Yeah. So yes. tell me, so I know in addition to the diabetes, you've sort of been on a weight loss journey for some time now. Um, yeah. and so you've, you know, you had your children, is that when you sort of hit your highest weight after having the children or yeah, our, our youngest was born in, um, 12 and <laughs> I, I lost a considerable amount of weight, um, after our son was born, when I was diagnosed with diabetes, I was super motivated to, you know, I don't know, just take it on with force. And so I lost a considerable amount then. And then after our last child was born, I was close to that same weight. I, I did a pretty good job maintaining Um, but slowly over time, like I was saying earlier, I I was super strict with myself and slowly that strictness, I kind of let it go and just life happened. And I gained quite a bit, not super fast, but I I gained quite a bit. And at my heaviest, I was at 240, um, which I'm five, eight. So for me, that's, I think I was considered in the, um, for sure, the obese category, maybe even the the morbidly obese, um, and so yeah, when when COVID came, um, you know that didn't help, and the stress of being in grad school and just life in general, I, I don't know. There was, um, I left my job. I was working as a nurse, of course, and I left my job. Uh, COVID happened in what, like January, February, I left in that May and a couple of the nurses had mentioned fasting and they had lost weight with it, but I just thought, oh my gosh, there's no way I could do that. That's crazy. You know, that kind of thing. And just kind of brushed it off. And then a few months later, um, I started looking into it. My sister was getting married and I started looking into it and I just thought, you know, I'm, I I don't know, I'm just going to take a look at it. And I tried it and it, I mean, it was just fantastic. It worked great. So I was hooked from then on. <laughs> did you start out with like a 16, eight or did you, how did you, how did you work your way into it? Actually, I did a full 24 right off the bat. Um, I, I'm kind of weird. <laughs> My, uh, you know, the doctors, they would always tell you, you know, oh, we'll make sure you're having your three meals and your two snacks and all that. But I just wasn't hungry. And I had even asked him, I said, you know, do I really need to eat if I'm not hungry? And oh no, you know, you've got to make sure you have your three meals and two stuff, all that kind of stuff. And so, um, the day that I started, I just thought, you know, this is it, I'm going to do it. And I'm just going to see how far I can go. And I went the whole, I did the one meal a day and I was fine. Um, I didn't have any lows at all. Um, you know, I, I did great. My blood sugar, it took it a long time to come down. I've found over time that it takes about a full 24 hours before, um, I'll have any lows at all, but usually around that 24 hour mark, that's when it will finally start coming down. And then I've got to turn my pump off. But like other guests have said, it usually maintains itself. It usually doesn't, um, I usually don't have to, um, you know, take anything, you know, sugar tabs or anything like that to maintain it. It it will, it'll eventually 
my liver will kick in and then usually it will spike back up. Um, and yeah, I'm fine. So So you feel like your basal rates are pretty good then if that, if it's basically maintaining the whole, the whole time, right? Yeah. We adjusted them just a little tiny bit at this last appointment that I had, but yeah, no, I think for the most part now they're, they're good. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So where do you try to keep your blood sugar just generally? What range do you like to keep it in? I I'm happy if, if it is 140 or below that, that makes me really happy that there's yeah. not a lot of times that it is, but, um, it's slowly getting there. So. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I try to keep mine between, I don't know, 70 and 120 most of the time, but that's aspirational. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. That, that happens had, overnight, but not necessarily for the rest of the day. So I had, I had one day here. Oh gosh, it's probably been a couple of weeks ago. And I had been on um, like a two or a three day fast. I can't remember. And my blood sugar for like the, almost the entire day was like between 80 and hundred. And I kept having to turn my pump off and I just thought, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever, <laughs> but it didn't last the next day. It was back up. Yeah, so, no, I yeah. know the feeling. Yeah. It's, it is kind of funny. I noticed too, at, like around the 24 hour mark, that's when I really got to ratchet down my basil. Cause otherwise I'll start going really low. Yeah. 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 And I, sometimes I even just turn it off completely. Like sometimes I'll bring it down to 50 per, like, oh, as it gets closer and closer to that 24 hour mark, I'll start doing, you know, whatever, 40, 50, whatever, somewhere around there. And then at the 24 hour mark, it's like a magic number for me too. Sometimes I just have to turn it off at least for a little while. And then I'll turn it back on again at some lower 50% or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what mine does. Um, the bad part with my pump is I can only turn it off for two hours at a time. So I I feel like I'm constantly messing with it, but you know, it works. (laughs) Yeah. If you get on an algorithm and it should handle that for you, if it starts seeing you trending lower, it'll just shut off the insulin. Yeah. 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 That's the nice part is just taking some of the 24 seven thoughts off your, out of your head mm-hmm. and put it into the algorithm and let, let the algorithm deal with it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So you don't suffer with lows too much during your fasting. You seem to be pretty. Okay. That's good. Yeah. I, I end up having a lot of lows or not a lot, but I have, I definitely have some and I do, I do treat them, but that's good that you don't really have that issue and you're able to just fast as long as you want. Do you feel so you, the longest you've done like two or three day extended fast? Yeah. I think the longest one I've done is a three day fast. Um, and I go back and forth, um, cause I started fasting probably last August, September, somewhere in there. And I wasn't super strict with it. I just tried to do the, the OMAD and, you know, there were some days that I didn't do it, but most days I did. And then January, I went to my doctor and, you know, they did blood work and my A1C was crazy. I think it was like nine something, which is the highest it's ever been. And so that's when I was like, okay, it's go time. And so that's when I got pretty strict with, um, fasting and I, I still pretty much stuck with the OMAD. Um, but I would say probably by March, March or April, I decided to throw in some longer fast just because I didn't want my body to get used to it and then drop my metabolism. I was worried about that. Um, so yeah, I, I've, I'll occasionally throw in, you know, a two or three day fast, but here this last month, um, I've been trying to really do either a two day fast and then a three day fast. And then I do OMAD and then kind of back and forth. I think probably 
next week I'll go back to OMAD again. But yeah, I, I've been trying to kind of change it up. But yeah, the most I've done is, is the three-day fast. And I think like a lot of your other guests that have come on, definitely the first day for sure. Sometimes the second day is probably the roughest. Um, today is day two for me. Um, I'm going to try to go till tomorrow night for dinner and get, you know, my three days in, but I'll just kind of see how it goes. I don't, I try not to be super strict on myself because I, I can kind of go overboard. So if, if I can get through today, great. And if I can't, then I'll, I'll break it. But I, I don't, I don't try to be, um, as strict as what I could be on myself that way. Yeah, that's good. And that's important. I mean, we have enough going on in our bodies with the type one. So it's, you know, sometimes you, sometimes you just feel better than other times and yeah. that's okay. Yeah. 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 I'm finally starting to realize that as I get older, I'm like, you know, you don't, ha you don't have to do everything perfectly every single time. And some days are better than others. And that's just the way it goes. If you don't do it this time, you'll do it next time. No big deal. Yeah. 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 So are you taking any electrolytes or salt or any other supplements when you're doing these longer fasts? I wasn't for the longest time. I, I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> and I can't remember where I heard it, if it was on um, your show or if it was um, on one of the Facebook, you know, with the posts and stuff. But I, yeah, on the longer ones I did, I decided to start putting some salt in, which I did have some symptoms unbeknownst to me. I didn't know what, what it was, but um, occasionally, yeah, I would have, you know, the dizziness and, and, um, definitely the fatigue, but I always blamed it on my thyroid. I just thought it was, you know, my typical thyroid. Um, but yeah, no, I, I have noticed that since I've been doing the salt and I try to watch, um, you know, the water and make sure if I'm not just drinking plain water, I'll go out and get something with electrolytes in it. And it does, it definitely does help. Yeah. Uh, I, for, you know, I guess thinking through the thyroid issues, you, you have a number of things going on in your body. So there's, it's funny because sometimes when you feel bad, you automatically blame the diabetes or the thyroid. And sometimes it's not that at all, but yes. <laughs> the fault is it's gotta be one of these other things. Cause you know, most normal people don't feel bad, but yes, <laughs> yes. And it's so hard because, um, you know, if you have a chronic disease, you're just used to feeling kind of crummy. So you just kind of figure that's your normal. So isn't that sad? That's basically our default state. You just don't feel great all the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it is. So <laughs> I, I was trying to explain that to my partner the other day. Um, cause even though my blood sugars have gotten a lot better with the fasting and I'm really trying hard to just keep it as tight as possible. It, you, you just, with diabetes in type one, you just don't feel good a lot of the time. And I know with the thyroid, it's probably making things even worse. And it's, it's hard to explain to somebody that doesn't have these issues. You just feel off pretty much all yeah. the time. Yeah. 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 There, yeah, definitely. Cause there's, there's days that, yeah, my alarm goes off and I just think, oh my gosh, I feel like I haven't slept at all. And I've, you know, I've been asleep for, you know, at least eight hours, sometimes even more than that, but it just, it doesn't even feel like you've slept. So yeah. And people don't understand that that don't have, um, you know, issues like that. So, well, and you actually have a really long reference point. I can remember because I got diabetes when I was 17. So I have the memories starting to fade, but I do remember what it felt like to be not a diabetic. And it was like a totally different experience. And you 
probably have a much more vivid memory since this is, you know, you were much older when all this happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I still, um, I still don't think that I ever really had a normal, um, sense just because my, I was diagnosed with my thyroid when I was 24. And I remember very vividly in high school, I was just always just wiped out, just always wiped out. And I don't know if that's just normal childhood of your growing and, you know, or if that was just my early thyroid going out on me that I didn't know. So, but yeah. 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 Oh, well, we're definitely a member of the same club here. I totally get it. <laughs> I totally get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. so you, so you, your high weight was like 240, let's say, and mm-hmm. you started getting real serious in January when you got that nine something A1C and how much have you lost since then? And have you had another A1C that was done? Yeah. Um, my last A1C was just a few days ago and it was, um, uh, eight. 8.0. So it came down, you know, a little over a point. And then, yeah, I think total, I think I'm around 55 pounds down. Wow. Yeah. Which is incredible. I I cannot believe I've never been one to be able to lose weight easily. And my gosh, I think honestly, I didn't even start exercising until probably early this year. So, I mean, I lost, gosh, probably half of that without exercise at all, just fasting. Wow. Um, Yeah. Which is just insane to me because goodness, when I was first diagnosed, I mean, it was, it was not unusual for me to go to the gym and be there for two, two and a half hours. You know, I would do cardio, I would do um, weights. I was doing heavy weights. I mean, just, and I mean, some days my blood sugar would be good and other days it wouldn't. So in fact, um, this is kind of a side story, but that's how, um, I figured out what was going on at the gym because I had, um, pretty much quit going there right before I got my CGM because I would eat before I would go and, you know, the gym is like 15 minutes from my house and I would go to the gym and within probably 30 minutes of being at the gym, just walking, not anything strenuous, just walking on the treadmill, I would start feeling dizzy and lightheaded and nauseous. Like I was going to, you know, throw up and speaking of beeping, there's my, <laughs> is that your high alarm or your low alarm? No, I had turned my pump off cause it was a little low this morning. So, um, but yeah, I would start feeling really crummy at the gym and I couldn't figure out why. And I would, um, I would keep going until I I couldn't go anymore. And usually I would end up leaving the gym early and I would go out to my car and drive home and check my blood sugar. And it would be over 200. And I was like, well, it's not my blood sugar, but, but when I got my CGM, no, I was going low, Mm -hmm. but it would rebound so quickly that by the time I got home, I would never know. But yeah, I would, um, I would be high. I would go to the gym. I would walk for 30 minutes and it would start dropping quickly and it would be, you know, sixties, whatever. And then typically, by the time I got off the treadmill and sat down for 10 minutes, it would spike right back up again. So, yeah, 
it's crazy how your body can kick in when, when you, when you're low. Yeah. I remember one time I, uh, I was, I live in New York city and I went on the train and my blood sugar and I always have snacks in me. Cause you know, you're conditioned that way you have to, um, and you never want to be caught without them, but I was on the train and I saw my blood sugar was like 40 and I was like, oh, I'll just eat something. And I didn't have anything in my bag. I must've eaten it the day before and didn't remember to like replenish. So I was yeah. sitting on the train. I had to be somewhere by a certain time. And so like my choices were get off the train. It was going to come another 10 minutes later or something and be late. Or just, I was like, let me run a little experiment. I feel like crap right now, but let me just see how long this takes. And sure enough, I was on the train for 45 minutes or something. By the time I got off, I think I was like 70 or 80 already. And I was in the forties. Wow. It, it yeah. does that. That's just crazy to me how it, <laughs> it just figures it out, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I had a ton of insulin on board. If I had a bunch of insulin on board, I think it would have been a different story. I think it was just, who knows why I was at four, you know, you never know what yeah. the type one, but I was at 40 for whatever reason. And I just, I was like, let me try to wait this out, which I don't think I would repeat that experiment. Cause it, I felt really bad that entire time, but yes. I was like, that is interesting. And that is true. Like if you're in the middle of the night and you don't, and you sleep through whatever your low alarm or whatever, cause sometimes I just think, oh, it's a compression low but mm-hmm. I feel, but I feel bad, but I'm too tired to deal with it. And so you sleep through and then the next thing, you know, you wake up and you're at probably high, even like you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's pretty crazy. So what, what type of exercise are you doing now? Right now I am just walking. I, I love to walk. Um, and so now that here it's, it's been really nice. Um, our neighborhood is just a big circle and it's about a mile around. So literally just about every day I will go out and I just make my two laps. So I'll get my two miles in and that's all I do. I don't do any weightlifting. I don't do anything else. I just walk. Um, I, and I don't, um, you know, I, I'm not doing the speed walking or it, it's not anything too strenuous. It's more than just a, you know, lollygag walk, but it's not, you know what I mean? It's not, I'm not super um, intense about it. So you do it obviously, I guess, in a fasted state most of the time, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you just turn your pump off ahead of going out or do you eat something or do you, or is it your blood sugar just stays normal? How does it work? It, it depends, honestly. Um, that's part of the reason why I waited so long to get back to exercise because I was really nervous that if I was fasting, that it was just going to tank me because normally, um, you know, when I was eating, if, yeah, if I would go walk, I would get, it just would tank immediately. Um, but no, I've noticed that with fasting, no, I, sometimes I'll turn the pump off. Um, if I, you know, if I go out and say I'm below a hundred, um, I might turn it off, um, and just kind of watch and see what it does. But honestly, most of the time I just take my pump with me and I'll just kind of keep an eye on it and see what my Dexcom is showing me. And there's been many times, even last night, I, I did my two miles last night and my sugar was, um, I think right at a hundred or just a touch over. And I did my two miles and no, it was, it was fine. It didn't, it came down, um, but nothing, you know, nothing too low. So I just kind yeah. of have to play it by ear. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think it has everything to do with, and I walk uh, fasted sometimes too, and I'd have a much better result when I'm fasted than like if I just ate something, because, you know, when you have insulin on board from a bolus, from a meal, it just gets like 
supercharged when you go out for a walk. Yes. But if you don't have any insulin on board and you haven't eaten in a while, it's just like, there's hardly anything in there to, to tank you. Yeah. 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 Which is definitely nice because it's, it's very anxiety producing <laughs> when you see your, your Dexcom and you've got, you know, the two hour or the two arrows pointing down. Um, yeah, that, that always just, it makes me very anxious. <laughs> Oh yeah. You know, and then you either got to stop or you got to take a bunch of sugar and then you're never going to take the right amount or stop for the right amount of time. And you just yeah. know those two arrows down, it's going to be a bad day afterward. You just don't know exactly how it's going to play out. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I definitely appreciate the fasting just in that point that it, it definitely regulates your sugar so much nicer that it's not this roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. So I assume your doctor must be on board with what you're doing, or do you talk to your doctor about this? Um, I have, and she doesn't really say a whole lot about it. Um, so I, I don't, I would say she's probably neutral. She, she likes the fact that I have lost, you know, a considerable amount of weight, but beyond that, I don't, I don't think she really has a, an opinion about it. If she does, she hasn't, <laughs> she hasn't voiced it to me. So yeah. Yeah. So what are your future goals, health-wise, weight-wise? I am hoping, um, I'm about uh, 25 pounds away from my goal. I, I would like to get down to about 160 or so, just because that's where my BMI should be. But I know BMI isn't the greatest, uh, you know, number to choose, but I'm just going to kind of play it by ear. Um, I'm hoping to get down to that, but we'll see I, just looking at my, my body and where my fat stores are. I know that I, the, the majority of it is in my midsection. So I, I'm going to kind of do an either, or if I can't get to the 160, then I'm just going to see where my fat stores are. And if I can get rid of that midsection, I'll be happy. So are you, I know a lot of your weight loss took place you know, I guess January and beyond, are you, as, as time is going on, I guess you're, you're really not that far from your goal weight. Do you feel like the weight loss is sort of slowing down or are you plateau? Yeah. Yeah. I I've noticed that, um, gosh, probably I was trying to remember when I started doing the multiple, the longer day fast. And it was probably that March right in there. Um, Cause when I first started, it was not unusual for me to lose, you know, two, three pounds a week. Um, which for me is just insane. <laughs> um, but I have noticed pr probably since March, maybe even April that, um, if I can get one pound down a week, that's pretty good. And sometimes I do better. Sometimes it's, you know, less than that, but yeah. I have noticed here just this week alone that I've done, this will be my second, uh, three day fast this week. And I think I've only went down a half a pound this week. Huh? Okay. So, but I don't know if that's waterway, who knows? <laughs> I just figure I'm just going to keep going and, you know, stick with it, trust the process and Maybe, maybe I'll have inches come off as opposed to, to pounds. And I, the other thing I thought of too, was maybe with my walking, you know, maybe I'm putting on muscle now. I don't know. So, 
Yeah, it could be any number of things. What you're you do low carb or moderate carb, right? Yeah, I try to stick um, around 45 carbs or less with my meals. Um, most of the time I just do one meal a day, but if I do the multiple day fast, then I usually have two meals, you know, when I break my fast. So yeah. Wow. So that's that's very challenging to lose such a small amount of weight after doing an extended fast like that. That must yeah. It is frustrating. It is yeah. frustrating. So I, um, when I got on the scale, usually I weigh once a week. And so when I got on the scale Monday and it had went up a little bit, I was like, Oh, you know, what the heck? But I just have to keep reminding myself, no, we're not going to watch the scale. Just, we're just going to keep going and, you know, try to stay positive and that kind of thing. But it is very frustrating because yeah, it's hard work. It is hard work. Do you mm-hmm. think the thyroid has any part in that? Or you feel like you're pretty dialed in on your thyroid medications? No, my thyroid is off, which is, I, I was shocked about it. I, when I went to my doctor, um, actually the time before, so January, when I went, I had even told her, I said, you know, I really think I need more thyroid medicine. I'm just, I'm really tired. I just, my blood sugars aren't in control. Do you think that might have something to do with it? And she had looked at my numbers and said, no, I think my TSH was in the threes at that point. Um, and didn't want to change it. Well, then this last time that I went, um, I thought it was just attributed to the fasting. I've had such a large amount of hair loss since January. And so anyway, they checked my thyroid and no, now my TSH is actually um, low. So my thyroid is overactive now, um, just by a little bit. So she was going to cut my medicine down just a little bit and see if we could, um, you know, get it a little bit more regulated, but yeah, the whole time I thought that my hair loss was from fasting, but now I'm wondering if it maybe is a combination of both. So, yeah, you have so many things going on in your body right now that it's hard to pinpoint exactly what's going on at any given time. And with that, you've still managed to lose 55 pounds, which is pretty incredible. Even if you have some times where you do extended fasting and not much comes off. Yeah. Yeah. You got to be proud of yourself for what you have accomplished, given everything else going on in the background. Yeah, I still it still just amazes me. Um, The other day I went out and, and got some summer clothes and I'm wearing the size that I was when I was in high school. Which, wow. Yeah. Which is just insane to me. I just, I still, I just, I look at them and I think I can wear that. <laughs> so it's, it's really, it's really nice. And I, I do feel a whole lot better. I really do. I, I feel like, I don't think I have felt this good in a really, really long time. So oh, I'm glad to hear that in terms of yeah. A1C you're at eight now. Do you want to try to get that to, do you have a range in mind that you want to get that to? Yeah, I would love, um, I think the lowest A1C that I remembered was I was in the low sevens, but I'm really hoping that I can get in the sixes. I, I really hope I can get down in the sixes. I don't know if I can, but I'm, I'm going to shoot for it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, d- I definitely think you can. And I do think an algorithm would help you with that. That's what kind of changed things for me. It was a combination of the fasting and then, you know, dialing in my algorithm to get yeah. those targets a little lower. Yeah those two things together should, should help you. I may give it a shot because, um, 
yeah, just hearing your story about it, that, yeah, that's, that's really, <laughs> that sounds really nice. <laughs> so. I mean, it's always, you know what I think with diabetes is just like, try everything. If it doesn't work, then just stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's I give true. it a little bit of time. I mean, my thought with a, with a Fresa, the inhaled insulin was, you know, if I don't like it, then I'll, I'll just stop. And it turns out it's like the greatest thing ever. Uh, but throughout, you know, having diabetes, I, and that was when I, when I first got on a pump, I guess it was now 10 years ago. I didn't want to do it either. I was the same as you. I was like, I don't want to have things attached to me. And then I just said, all right, well, I'm going to try it. And if I don't like it, then I can just stop. And so I sort of have that attitude with myself, everything diabetes related, just try it. If it doesn't work, you can bail on it. No big deal, but yeah, just try everything. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Some of the things that you don't think will help you have the greatest impact. And then you're just like, why didn't I do that sooner? Yeah. I was that way with my CGM. I fought it for so long. And then once I got it and, you know, figured out how it works, I thought, this is awesome. <laughs> this is yeah. great. Why? Yeah. Why didn't I do this sooner? This would have been so nice, but yeah. Yeah. I, it's all, it's all personal. My dad uh, has a, his best friend when he was growing up has type one. He got it also when he was 17. And I think our diabetes trajectories have sort of mirrored each other. Like I have the same complications that he has and like everything seems to happen on the same timeline. But anyway, I told him he uses a pump, but he doesn't have a CGM because he said, I don't want to have anything else attached to me. And I'm like, please get a CGM. This will don't even, I don't care if you abandon the pump, the pump isn't the big deal. The CGM is what will really help you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It, it is life-changing. It really is. So yeah. And just to it, be able to know the trends and like, it's to me, it's invaluable. I would trade my pump for the CGM any day of the week. Oh, I would too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I was hoping to get off of my pump, um, you know, at the start of the year, I don't know that I will be able, be able to, um, but I have definitely dropped the amount of insulin that I take significantly. So that's, that's a win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Did yeah. you want to get off the pump, just have a pump break or was there some other reason that you wanted to get off it? it just because I was tired of having it hooked to me and I just, I yeah. was, I was just ready to get rid of it, but I don't know that I can, I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm afraid now that I've, you know, had a few months of fasting and kind of seeing how that goes, I'm afraid that my sugars won't be as um, controlled if I go off because just trying to figure out, you know, the correct dosages and timing and, all, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I have a lot of respect for people that inject and are able to fast because it's, it's hard to do because you, you put in your long acting insulin, it's either in there for 12 or 24 hours. And you can't change that. So like yeah. you and I are talking about like hitting the 24 hour mark or who knows when different people, what marks they hit and they have to bring their basal down. They can't do that. If, if they're on injections, they just have to treat for lows. Yeah. And that's gotta be so frustrating. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So then I think, well, that's, that's a, that's a bonus. That's a plus to having the pump. So yeah. Yeah. Take a different perspective. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So as we're coming up on time here, and I, we actually didn't talk about this at all, but you, when you talked to the nurses, did they recommend any reading or did you find any literature to help you through this process on your own? No, they didn't. They just told me they were doing intermittent fasting is mm -hmm. what they said. And I didn't, um, I didn't really inquire about the specifics. You know, they just, they would say they were intermittent fasting and they would come to work and they would just, 
you know, had their coffee all day. And I just thought, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. Um, so yeah, when, when I started thinking about it, I, I just started Googling and Dr. Fung immediately came up and I started listening to his videos and I read the obesity code and the diabetes code. And I just thought, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing thing ever. Um, I wish that he was here in the United States because I, I would, I would be such the, um, uh, fan patient yeah. of his, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it just, it all made sense. So much sense to me. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've been hooked on all things fasting since I, I listened to a lot of his videos and, and, um, uh, they have, what is it? The webinars, I think that they have with the fasting code that I've been listening to. And yeah, it all makes sense to me. So I, I can't, that that's my big thing. It's, it's gotta, it's gotta make sense. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So if you were talking to somebody that's newly diagnosed with type one or prediabetes or something like that, what would you tell them in order to start fasting? It seems like you had a yeah, sort of a roundabout way of coming to it. Cause you were told about it and, you know, yeah. kind of figured mm -hmm. it out yourself along the way. How, what would you tell someone who actually wants to go about it and really get started on in the right way? Um, I would definitely recommend Dr. Fung's books, the obesity code and the diabetes code. I think those are just phenomenal. Um, it, I think it sheds so much light on what's going on in your body that I don't think you can get from, um, the standard medical profession right now, it's, it's, you won't get that, but definitely start with that. And then I would just say, trust your instincts and just listen to your body. Um, and, and like you said, just try it, you know, you don't have to be crazy with it and, you know, try a three day fast from the get go, but, you know, just try it. And if you want to start with, you know, even a 16, eight, or even less than that, or just, you know, maybe just try skipping one meal, just try it, see how you do. Um, and just kind of see how it works for you and just work your way up and give yourself grace. That's, that's been my big thing. Um, the older I've gotten, I I've slowly been learning that, that it's okay. Just give yourself some time and some grace and you'll, you'll get there. So, yeah, that's very good advice. Definitely give yourself grace. Cause it's not easy, especially when you have diabetes. And if you have other issues on top of diabetes and you're trying to fast, definitely give yourself grace. Cause it's, it's, you know, it can, you can have a little bit of a rough start. doesn't mean it's not going to work, but just give yourself a little time to, to get into yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot to deal with. It's a lot to figure out a lot to worry about and think about, and it's always there. I mean, anybody that's diabetic knows it's, it's always there in the back of your mind. Well, what's, what's your sugar doing? Well, what, what about this? What, you know, so it's a lot to, to have on your plate along with just general life <laughs> to figure out. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today and all the insights you were able to provide. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. I, I love listening to your podcast. I think it's so great. Um, I've never had, I've never been a part of a, um, you know, like a, a, a group. I don't go to, you know, like the support groups or anything like that. And it, it has been so nice just to listen to other people and hear their stories and 
similar frustrations and all that. So it's, yeah, it's, it's really nice to have other people in the world that you can <laughs> hear and, and feel like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like them too. So it's, it's nice to have that. So yeah. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much.